This is the Genetic Live Show for Tuesday, the 10th of April, 2018, and it starts right now. Fictional doctors say that you should start your day the generic live show way. This is the generic live show. Thanks for joining us here on the generic live show for a Tuesday? Question mark? Hi, how's everyone doing? Thanks for joining us here on the generic live show for a Tuesday. It's Dale Campbell here with you. We're doing it for Geek.io. Thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure as per always. That's right, we're doing a... a Tuesday cast for choosing the day we chose Tuesday and I don't know why my voice just went through puberty again because that's always fun when that happens uh, and I've got a blank screen thanks for joining us here on a Tuesday it's uh, like you know it's like nothing ever changes around here uh, thank you everyone for being patient uh, we had a few technical difficulties starting the show up just before but there you go I uh, hope uh, you're enjoying the show so far. Did a cracking pre-show. Uh, it took me five minutes to find a picture. You know, everything's just going well. Uh, we're choosing the day and we chose Tuesday. That is our 100th quote! Sorry. I'm a little excited today. I missed, I missed doing the show uh, on Monday and I'm thrown off all of my senses. Whoa, what is that? Select your shade. What? <laughs> that is our 100th quote on the twitch.tv slash geekio show. I'm choosing the day and we chose Tuesday. Uh, well. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have an update on a story. Beep, 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 beep. Uh, we told you last week about the uh, ball tampering story in the game of cricket. The captain and vice captain of the Australian cricket team have been suspended for 12 months and the bowler in, who delivered the tampered ball uh, gets suspended for nine months. We have some juicy audio for you. Uh, I don't know why I'm reveling in this drama of ball tampering, to be completely honest. It's, it's, the drama of it all is just uh, something to, it's very delightful. Uh, let's be completely honest here, but uh, we are, we, we're getting there. Uh, we have some sincere apologies and a little bit of an exhalation on what bull tampering is. I'm going to play this whole clip though. Uh, this is David Warner uh, apologizing. We have Steve Smith's apology coming up right up after it. it, it these these guys are they, they are passionate about the game of cricket and they you know put their life behind cricket all of my teammates, as well. My teammates, fans of cricket no, all don't. over the world. I, I said I said afterwards what is happening all right this is David Warner uh, apologizing uh, for the ball tampering scandal game who have supported and inspired me on my journey as a cricketer I want to apologize for betraying your trust in me I've let you down badly I hope in time I can find a way to repay for all you've given me and possibly earn your respect again
to my teammates and support staff, I apologise for my actions and I take full responsibility for my part on what happened in day three in the Newlands test. To Cricket Australia, I apologise for my actions and the effect it has had on our game under your care and control. I want you to know that I fully support your review in the culture of the Australian cricket team. To South Africa, the players, administrators and fans, I apologise unreservedly for my part in this and I'm sorry. I brought the game into disrepute on your soil. South Africa is a fine cricketing nation and deserves better from its guests and deserve better from me. Uh, that is David Warner apologising for the ball uh, tampering scandal that took place uh, last week, I believe. It was it was breaking uh, as, as we were coming uh, into the show. Uh, this next clip is uh, Sam Smith, the former uh, Australian uh, cricket captain, uh, apologising on his behalf uh, for the ball tampering scandal. Yes. To all of my teammates, to fans of cricket all over the world, and to all Australians who are disappointed and angry, I'm sorry. What happened in Cape Town has already been laid out by Cricket Australia. Tonight, I want to make clear that as captain of the Australian cricket team, I take full responsibility. I made a serious error of judgment and I now understand the consequences. It was a failure of leadership, of my leadership. I'll do everything I can to make up for my mistake and the damage it's caused. If any good can come of this, If it can be a lesson to others, then I hope I can be a force for change. I know I'll regret this for the rest of my life. I'm absolutely gutted. I hope in time I can earn back respect and forgiveness. Uh, that is Australia, uh, former Australian cricket uh, team captain Steve Smith also apologising for the ball tampering scandal. Uh, Rubber Band Man, awesome name, uh, <laughs> mentions in the chat when David Warner says that uh, he'll repay us for what he did. Uh, what exactly does that mean? Does that mean with, with financials or does, does it mean that he'll he'll get eventually banned? That That's a very good point and that is very... That's a very vague. That's a vague sentiment to say. I mean, I, I, honestly, I feel like that both of these gentlemen are very sincere in their apologies. I don't doubt that. But throwing out that we'll repay you for for this. I mean, I don't know if that's fiscally or if that's uh, emotionally or if that's like because he he's taken you know. He's taken aback by all of this as well. You've got to take that, you know, 
he no longer is earning an income, particularly in Smith's case. I don't know if Warner's going to return back to cricket after the 12-month ban. But, yeah, repay in what terms? That's a, that's a very good point. And I know I cut that clip off, but he doesn't mention that uh, again in that clip. That's actually a very good point. Thank you, uh, uh, Rubber Band Man. Again, awesome name in the, in the chat. Uh, but we kind of... Oh, oh, girl. Ads interrupting the generic live show. Who would have thunk it? Uh, but we're actually going to... We're going to play something right now uh, that... It kind of describes in more detail what ball tampering actually is. Because I realized on the back end of last, last week's episode... Uh, we never really actually explained it. So here's a here's a quick little very uh, very short exclamation for those people who aren't familiar with cricket. No let up in the pressure on the Australian cricket team. Ball tampering has been big cricket news recently. But what does ball tampering even mean? Let's start with a ball. Cricket balls are made of a cork core and covered in leather sewn down the middle. How polished or dull the leather is influences how the ball will travel through the air. Air passes faster over polished leather than rough. Balls get scuffed up and worn naturally during play. But sometimes bowlers take it a step further to make the ball more unpredictable. And in the 450 years that cricket's been played, they've come up with some imaginative ways to tamper with this. Sandpaper, suntan lotions, breath mints. There are all manner of ways in which to do this. One guy even scraped the ball on the concrete in a car park once after, after retrieving a six. That's Andrew Miller. He's a big-time cricket expert who works for ESPN. I don't believe there's any elite cricket team that doesn't go on to the cricket field without at least a rudimentary knowledge of how to tamper the ball. The issue is, artificially tampering with the ball is against the rules. If it helps or not, it's cheating. And that's just not cricket. Uh, I agree, thank you CNN, uh, for that lovely explanation. CNN, really kicking it with their cricket knowledge. Kick, kicking it with cricket. Don't kick a cricket ball, it hurts like... Or uh, get out, let me tell you. I was about to say something else then that would have had to have me bleep something. Uh, Robert Bayman says, I feel like they were sorry uh, they got caught. Did they ever uh, think that they would end up fourth uh, with it and if they didn't get caught? Uh, the, the captain came out very strongly when the story first broke that uh, said that they like didn't do it and they were just rubbing it on there because what you can do is you could um, clean the ball but you can't tamper with it. So uh, every bowler or, or person who handles the ball before the bowler, because they chuck it around a bit uh, to try and, you know, uh, to try and, you know, loosen it up a little bit. And that's not against the rule because you, you're cleaning it after it hit this pitch, which is, that's fine. Uh, but he intentionally put the ball in his pocket he had uh, a little bit of a sand a little bit of sandpaper if i can uh demonstrate for audio uh, for video video listeners uh he had a bit of sandpaper that was about uh this big uh i don't know how big that is let that focus on there he had a bit of sandpaper that was about oh, an inch by an inch uh and he had that uh, i don't know if that's an inch but it was it was that size 
and he had it in his pocket and he intentionally kept on the sly taking the ball in and out of his pocket. The cloth is on the outside of the person, so you wipe it on the outside and it's in front of the umpires and it's all legit. That The thing that got caught up is that it, he went to put it in his pocket and out of his pocket and the umpire's like, dude, what's in your pocket there? That's also, it's not likely to have the cricketers go out in the cricket field and run around with things in their pocket. Uh, Kerry says she looked it up on Wikipedia and he did hide a piece uh, of paper in his pants, sandpaper in his pants. Yeah, in his, I think his right pocket. I've researched this story way too much. But in and out of his left pocket and... Again, it's very odd for cricketers. You've got to think, these people are running around an oval trying to catch balls, jump up, and, and move around. It's very unlikely that they would have anything in their pockets. So that's, that's the sus thing. Uh, it got reviewed, and the session lasted for about two and a half hours, uh, reviewing all of the footage. And you've got to think, these days, and I think I said this last week, these days, cricket is is televised, for one, and there are a lot of cameras uh, around because, you know, the TV production crews like getting different angles of things and when the third umpire, there's a third umpire, uh, where decisions go to, they have aerial cameras and they have cameras in the wickets now, behind the batsmen. Uh, They have all sorts of cameras and technology these days and being that technology has grown up, it's made it easier for, for people to get, uh, to get caught cheating in the game. So, I mean, I don't, think, I don't think the captain ever thought that he would get away with it. Uh, I don't, again, I don't know the mentality of the uh, former Australian cricket team captain, and I don't, like, I, I don't mean to drag him through the mud as a person, but... He, he kind of, doing that, he kind of brought the game into disrepute, and I don't know what he was kind of thinking, that he would get away with having sandpaper in his pocket. You know what I mean? It, it, it would look kind of obvious, if that makes sense. At least, at least to, to us normal civilians. Uh, but of course, he uh, had a, a strategic plan behind it, uh, he, uh, and it was the captain who tampered with the ball. The vice captain got, uh, got hooked because he obviously uh, hooked in because, you know, got dragged in because he stood up for the captain and said that the captain was innocent. So he got the band hammer and the bowler, of course, got the band hammer because uh, he was the one who delivered this tampered ball down the down the cricket pitch and of course that's definitely not on i don't know how i feel though and here's the one hookup of this story and this story is is this story is very very dramatic no i i don't understand how the I don't understand how the the bowler did didn't also get a twelve month suspension. The only thing I can really think of is the fact that uh, he maybe didn't know that it was tampered with. 
So there you go. Uh, what else was he gonna do with it? Do some construction walls? <laughs> that bitch. That's a good point. Yeah, did he did he just knock off from his construction job? Like, what? Did he just have loose sandpaper in the locker room? Did he like? Did he just get off from his construction job? I mean, what else do you use sandpaper for? Like, I like I restored my desk, like my ginormous desk that I do all my production work from. Uh, I I, I sanded that myself, and that's the only use for sandpaper that I've had in my life is doing construction work. But I don't understand how he... Yeah, I, I, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, he was he was going to the stands and did, did some construction work on the stands before beforehand. What if he just got off from his construction job? He's a, he's a cricketer captain. I mean, he might want to go into construction now. Ooh! <laughs> Snap! <laughs> Actually, I, I, I don't have to do that. I have... I have... <laughs> Ooh, snap. There you go. All right. Uh, as we continue, I did have other stories planned, but no, we gotta... We gotta, we gotta keep on moving here. Uh, Corson Brown says, I mean, if the ball is constantly changing because of sandpaper, more than it would naturally, you'd think the bowler would notice. I mean... True... But it only the incident only happened once. So before he got pulled up, it was, I think it was only one delivery. So, it, but you would think you would think the bowler who and it was in the middle of a an over, a middle of a a stretch. You would think, hang on a sec, this ball looks shinier than what it did, you know, thirty seconds ago. I do agree, Corson Rhino. But in the heat of the moment, you just want to keep play going as quickly as possible? Question mark. Alright, as we continue, uh, here on the... No, that's fine, Corazon. But yeah, I get your point, where it's just like the, 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 the bowler would notice that it looks a lot shinier than what it did 30 seconds ago, going down this pitch. Maybe uh, R Rubber Band Man says that maybe he was cheating uh, by sanding the bat, and all honesty, he couldn't keep tampering with the ball. Can he get in trouble with tampering with the bat? Ah... Oh, that's a good point. How could you how could you tamper with the bat? Uh, they I, I actually don't know. How could you tamper with the bat by putting polish on it before you go out there? Maybe. I mean, you could sand the bat. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point, Rubber Band Man. How could you how can you tamper with with the bat? I mean, they they weren't they weren't batting at the time. They were bowling. But I, I that's a good point. What if what if they tampered with the bat? Would it, there would be this massive controversy? Probably not. I don't think so. Um, they do use sandpaper for on their bats for maintenance, uh, but I don't think it would be smoother. That's a good point. You know, it would still it would cause the same effect on a cricket bat as it would would a ball so i mean we could do a whole separate podcast about this <laughs> you know what let's this is the cricket episode no it can't be we have to we have to move on uh i'm gonna save this uh second small story <laughs> for maybe the after show because you know we, we we we're going deep down on uh on this but uh the, again the the cricket captain got banned and then resigned so he we're, we're looking for another uh, cricket captain 
So, and it's not going to be me. So someone has to do it. And it can't be the vice captain either, because he's banned for 12 months. <laughs> uh, but we'll continue to follow this story if it if it develops further. I mean, it'll, it probably will get announced in the mo- next coming months, uh, now that cricket season's pretty much over, uh, for the most part. Summer's uh, gone and passed, so... You know, he... He kind of they 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 they're fine to lay low for a while. So, uh, they there you go. Would polishing the bat with like teak oil ruin it? I don't know. That's a good point. Tampering with bats. Good point. As we continue here on the generic live show for a Tuesday, uh, it's time for one of our favorite segments. Same as you remember, same as it ever was. Right after these messages, stay tuned here on the Jack Live Show. It's a pleasure as always. Dale Campbell here with you. We'll be right back. found the most generic live show this is the generic live show thanks for joining us here on a tuesday on the generic live show it's dale campbell here with you thank you for joining us here on a very special uh, time slot of the generic live show apologies for no regular show in our regular time slot of 5 30 p.m eastern on sunday uh, i had a splitting migraine that i couldn't function from but i'm feeling a lot better uh, today thank you for your kind words uh, rubber band man in the uh, in the uh, advert there uh, in the ad break says, "What about oiling your abs to distract the bowler while you're batting?" I mean, depending on who you are, that could potentially work. You know, that's <laughs> I'm not going to beat around the bush. All honesty here, all the time. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, I'm I I look forward to this segment. I mean, I love this show. The show has been my baby for. Uh, the last three years. But ladies and gentlemen, it's time for... This is not my show! Or is it? I forget. I can't remember. 1974, 1981, 2002, 2001, 1941. Is it the same as you remember, or is it the same as it ever was? Oh, this show is such a mess, and I love it. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Same As uh, some of the big stories from the past. Ladies and gentlemen, this edition, we're going back to September 1996. That's right, September 1996. For no reason, because we just, we random.com'd it, and we decided to 
due September 1996. September 2nd, 1996, the Soymans TM24 lands. Sure, I know what that is. <laughs> I totally know what that is. Uh, September, also September 2nd, 1996, a peace agreement is signed between Government of Republic of Philippines and the Moro National Libertarian Front in Malapalang Palace. Sure, I know where that is. It's in the Philippines. Uh, September 5th, 1996, following US cruise mis- missile strikes on Iraq, crude oil prices rise... As the market speculates when Iraq will start, uh, Iraq will start exporting oil under UN Resolution 986. I totally know what that is. I was nine, uh, says Kerry, proclaims in the chat. I mean, what about you for saying how old you were? Robert Bandman was ten. There you go. In 1996, I was an age that I will put in the chat, uh, but not say out loud. Uh, because I just realised it's on the screen. <laughs> uh, Carissa Rhino was five. Good to know that I'm still the youngest in amongst everyone. <laughs> insert, insert cricket noise here. This show is such a mess today. It's so messy. Uh, anyway, September... Uh, yep, no, skipping over that. Uh, uh, September 15th. Bangladesh, speaking of cricket, Bangladesh beat the United Arab Emirates by 104 runs to win the ACC Trophy Final. Uh, also in cricket, uh, also also in cricket, uh, Howard, uh, not Howard, that's the next one, uh, One Day International in Canada, Canada hosted a One Day International, uh, India versus Pakistan in Toronto. <laughs> Kerry says, of course you're the youngest, you're like 12. I'm an old man, uh, that says rubber band man. You're not old. You're as young as you feel. I mean, if you feel old, then that's not my problem, but yeah. I feel old, so that helps, right? It's the beard that makes me feel old. Uh, September. Oh, here we go. Here's a big one, ladies and gentlemen. Big news. September 16th, 1996, Howard Stern Radio Show premieres in Panama City, Florida on WTBB 97.7 FM. It, uh, you mean the Howard Stern radio show doesn't premiere on WKB419 The Jizz? I feel 31. I mean, there you go. <laughs> I get told I'm 31, so that's helpful. Uh, September 16th, 1996. Space Shuttle STS-79, Atlantis 17 in parentheses, launches into space. Uh, Howard Stern radio show continues its premiere run on September 23rd. Third, uh, now in Walkersboro, Pennsylvania. S- sorry, Pennsylvania. Uh, WZMT ninety-seven point nine FM, and in West Palm Beach, Florida. Uh, t- WCLB ninety-five point five FM. Carrie, I know what you're doing, and. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. Love that song. Uh, Treaty of Interest. Ooh, this is a new segment for the same as you remember, same as it ever was. Uh, September 24th, US President Bill Clinton signed the Comprehensive Nuclear Test Ban Treaty. 
uh, at the United Nations. Uh, September 26, 1996, the Space Shuttle STS-79 Atlantis-17, in parentheses, lands from outer space. A lot of cricket history in 1996, as it turns out. Oh, by the way, drumroll! And we're ending on this. September 20... That's a weird way to end a drumroll. <laughs> I just realised that. No, no one heard that noise. Alright, well, that's helpful. Alright. Uh, September 29th, 1996, Nintendo 64 video game system debuts in the USA, three months after Japan. There you go. Uh, weddings of his wedding, wedding of interest? Okay. Sure. Uh, September 21st, 1996, wedding of interest. Elder's son, US President of U.S. President John F. Kennedy and magazine publisher John F. Kennedy Jr. weds Caroline Bissett at the Woodframe Brack Chapel of the First African Baptist Church in Chumberland Island, Georgia. Hmm. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, yes, I love the Nintendo 64. Oh, we used to play the Nintendo 64 in like sixth grade. We we had a class. Uh, we had a class Nintendo 64. So there you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's move into that was oh that was hang on we gotta we gotta play the bumper again because you can't I <laughs> gotta get as much mileage out of this bumper as well that ladies and gentlemen that was this is not my show or is it I forget I can't remember. 1974, 1981, 2002, 2001, 1941. Is it the same as you remember, or is it the same as it ever was? Okay, well, that was fun. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is why, this is why I should be banned from having two coffees before we go live. On the air. Alright. Uh, now it's time for the real meat of it. Oh, that's why my computer freaked out. It's because I hit the start button allegedly. Pro tip. Don't hit the start button uh, during a live broadcast. It'll make your computer freeze. Rubber band man said in the year 2000, flesh-eating zombies ate all the flesh in the world. Then they could eat all the dirt in the world. Then they finally went to Olive Garden. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Rubber Man, man. You're welcome back anytime. Anytime. The show is Sundays at 5.30pm Eastern. Alright, let's get to the main topic. And uh, you, can, you can join in this conversation uh, over our Discord. Uh, uh, you can call in at any time. Uh, do feel free. Uh, don't do anything untoward, because rule one, two, and three of Geek.io is don't be a dick. So there you go. We asked, uh, we asked you if you thought Australia's democracy was broken. 
This is what you said. Ladies and gentlemen, we haven't done one of these in a long time. It's called Dale Argues with Opinion Pieces. Uh, our favourite segment returns. Uh, our favourite return uh, bits. Uh, uh, there was a thought-provoking essay and data analysis from Lachlan Harris and Andrew Clayton uh, from The Age and the Sydney Morning Herald. And... Uh, I'll actually, I will post this one uh, in the in the chat as well, uh, because the, the the essay itself, which I read, was very good. It was a very well written out essay, and particularly for politics, which yes, this show is a political show. Sometimes, don't worry, Mister T still has that ban on this show, unless he wants to come on as a guest, and then like the wrestler, the wrestler. The wrestler, Mr. T, or the President of the United States, whichever one comes on this show first, it'll be an achievement for everyone. God, if either of them are watching, could you imagine this chat room right now, though? We'd have a lot more viewers. <laughs> but it's not about the views, it's about the quality of the content. Uh, so, here's, here's the, basically the, the short of it. Uh, let me, I can show this. Uh, brief politicians lacked in real-world experience and frequently put out their own party interest ahead of the national good, adopting short-term policy stances. Suspension that the party uh, pre-selection process fails to throw up people who understand the majority of the voters' concerns. Uh, these, these are the main points of all of them, and I'll go back and discuss all of these uh, at length. Uh, a little bit later on. Uh, numerous concerns about our electoral system, including whether voting should be compulsory, preferential in the House, or whether the Senate has become too obsolete or unrepresentative. Ooh, I so want to argue that one right now. Because, you know what? We're going there. We're going there right now, ladies and gentlemen. Strap in. I know I said later, but we're going there right now. Let's switch back to this view. I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask my American audience, and actually, you know, my, my entire audience, uh, who live in a place where there are non-compulsory voting, do you think, do you think your governmental structure will be helped or hindered by compulsory voting? Will compulsory voting help with the selection of people. The selection of representat uh, representatives. Excuse me. They're people too. I think... I think to myself, and I think to myself this every single election cycle, and it comes up every single election cycle because... Uh, I think... Uh, I think that... Voting is, is a right that everyone has... Uh, in in democracy, the vo the voice of the people uh, is an important factor. I know that's not the case in some countries, but it's definitely one that we have in the Western world, and something that we should cherish. So therefore, I think that it would be helpful to me to have everyone's voice heard. Whether, and this is also another point here, and I'll get to your responses in a sec, but here's another thing, that 
I think whether people choose to neglect that power to have an influence in saying who should get elected, definitely it's, I don't know. It, I, and if they choose to waste that power, that's, that's their choice and that's their responsibility. And again, no one can force you to misuse that power. Uh, Chorus and Rhino says hindered, uh, that the democracy would be hindered by, from compulsory, uh, compulsory voting. Uh, Rubber Bandman says that not enough informed people don't force people to vote on things that don't matter uh, to them or have no clue uh, as to what will happen with said vote. That's a good point. It's a very good point because, and I can see that side of the argument as well. And I think, and I think it's, it's, I think I'm hindered uh, from the fact of living in a society brought up from, uh, from this, uh, from a place where, you know, having compulsory voting around for me for my whole life, it's been a thing for a very long time here, that compulsory voting, you have to do it, otherwise you get a massive fine, and some people do that as well, they, they don't vote and, and cop a massive fine. Uh, but I also love the heartwarming story of a person who drives like five miles in an electric wheelchair to go to get to a voting booth to make sure that their say their vote is heard. But I also do agree with the I I also am starting to come around to the 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 side of things where a mixture of both would be good because I don't feel like I should vote on something that another state on the other side of the country has will impact them. Like, I don't want to vote on whether a Western Australia mine should be shut down, if that makes sense. Like, that will not... It, it would be bad if it shut down for that economy, but it's not something that will impact me directly. That's a good point, Robert Man. That's a very good point. And I think, again, being surrounded by compulsory voting for so long, it's just become natural habit. And I think having compulsory voting, it actually encourages people to run uh, as representatives because they can drum up enough of a fan base. And I know that's the wrong, I know that's the wrong terminology, but realistically elections are, uh, elections are a popularity contest at long and the short of it. You know, I think that having that there uh, you know, they can drum up enough of a fan base to get a major, particularly independence, which we saw a surge of in 2016 and in, in 2017 here, where we had those independent parties run and take massive slots away from slots, slots of votes, you know, have, you know, have that. They took 13% away from popular parties, and that's a chunk of change. Now, Chorus Sobrano says it's important to educate voters uh, so they can make informed decisions and not just tick a box uh, and not actually do any good research to avoid a fine. That's a good point. You know, some people do that. Some people go into the booth and, and just, and draw, you know, draw male genitalia on on their ballot photo and take it and put it on their Instagram accounts for, 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 for the lols, if that makes sense. 
and that's their and that's their choice and i i get the point where that's that's one less person who is voiced there and there was a big controversy i can't remember what year it was but we talked about it on this show i think it was in 2015 i want to say or 2014 that people were right there was a controversy where taylor swift's shake it off was not eligible for a count very popular countdown that was being held at around that time and people were writing in taylor swift shake it off at the bottom of their ballot paper and again putting it onto their instagram accounts uh for the lols so i that's a these are these are valid points and i'm i'm glad we're having this conversation and spoiler alert this episode is going to be a little bit more serious than than, than the light-hearted shows that we're used to but this is the new cycle this week uh, Rubber Bandman says, uh, "Do you think adver- uh, asks? Do you think advertising makes people vote a certain way?" Absolutely. And I t- I told this story on the air. I think it was in 2016 where I helped out with a a federal uh, campaign election for a local representative here. I'm happy to disclose that on the air, and I disclosed that when I was covering the election at the time. Uh, we had to hand out uh, how to vote cards, in quotation marks. Uh, showing people the correct way to vote on their ballot papers and of course everyone hands that out because there is a certain way to vote with preferential voting which that's another thing we'll get to in just a little bit but you know we had to help that out and of course that drives people to read the read the material essentially or just throw it in the garbage but we would get our candidate and our preferred candidates up the top and rank them in an order. And I think that can put that can put mind, a mindset in people to vote according to that template. Uh, and and you, you got radio campaigns and television campaigns that I had to help manage and phone banking and um, that sort of stuff as well, you know, calling people up on the telephone. Yes, I was that person. But I loved it because for me... Excuse me, I banged my desk. But for me, it was more about... Uh, more about kind of having that conversation, engaging in that people, and when they went to that ballot booth, they would think of, oh, remember that time I talked to that Dale and, and this, this, and this. Whether we disagreed on the phone, and you know, there were times that I bawled out crying because people were just flat out insulting me for obvious reasons. You know, yeah, and yeah, that's still a thing, by the way. You, you would be surprised. We were calling some very regional areas. But, you know, we would get on, you know, we would mutually agree to disagree. And that's a conversation to have. And I think advertising definitely makes people vote a certain way. Uh, but I think less about, uh, more advertising needs to be spent on how to vote properly. If that makes sense. Wow, the show just took a turn. Uh, also, one thing I want to really get off my chest about this is preferential voting. Excuse me, I'm readjusting my, my mat here and trying to get my feet on it properly is, is a bit of a struggle today. Uh, but preferential voting, I really don't like. Can I say that? <laughs> Too late, I just did. Uh, I, I really don't like preferential voting. It's... It's, I want to vote for this one person, but now I have to rank all of the other ones to have my vote heard for this one person, if that makes sense. So, I have to vote down a list of typically about 
where I live, we have about five to six candidates. And, you know, voting down the list when I only care about one, half of them I haven't heard of because they're independents. More power to them if they get elected. But I haven't heard enough about them to, to want to put them in my ranking. You know? It's hard sometimes, too, to, to rank people again when you only care about that one person. You know? <laughs> you know, it, it's... You can, you can rank them on a level if you care, have enough involvement with enough of the people and you can put the one you don't care about down the list. But I feel bad for doing that because I'm sure they're good people and, and want their voice heard. But again, I can't rank them and I just want to vote for that one person, one or two people that I really care about. Horson Rhino says, I mean, it's your show. You can say what you want. <laughs> now I know how long the Twitch delay is. This is the fun, the fun game of the part of the show where we know how long the Twitch delay is. But you know what I mean? Like it's, it, it's, there are, there are normally, uh, normally this voting kind of moves away from that. Uh, and also, and also you got to think as well, you got to think who has the most money. Money plays a huge part in politics. You know, and I have <laughs> a band man, uh, type, type this in the chat probably long before I, I mentioned this, but yeah, money can play a huge role in this and not only donations to the candidates themselves, uh, but to the actual campaigns to help spread their advertising wing along along the way. Yeah, there are restrictions on how high the donation level can be, but you know, it's kind of it. It doesn't. You don't not limited to. Uh, not limited to how many donations you can receive. Uh, so to address Robert Bandman's uh, particular questions, yeah, that's also another point. We can we can accept uh, foreign donations. China plays a huge role in in the contributions that we receive uh, here here in Australia. It's ridiculous. News journalists. Uh, sources donate to campaigns. Not sometimes it's rare, but it happens. But also there are particular news outlets that have particular influences. You know, on like I'm sure it's the same in in America and other countries as well, where particular particular news outlets post things that favor other candidates over others. You know, and that's a failure on the part too. And, and I get that they do that for their own benefit, but there are, there are a lot of things that, that we have not noticed in the past that, that really this essay kind of unlocks a lot of that and gets people thinking about, about the future of politics and where it's going. Uh, so to address this message directly, because I haven't read the message... Uh, in Australia, your political parties or individuals uh, can accept donations from foreign sources. China, sort of a soft power in your country to influence members 
uh, to vote for things that won't happen in your country. Question is, don't worry about the people there. Does it worry you? Uh, I don't understand, like, uh, uh, does it worry Australians that chi people are accepting Chinese people, uh, Chinese money? I don't think people are aware of it, to be quite honest. Uh, it does worry me a little, uh, because uh, it, it does, um, this, this question's twofold. I'll, I'll answer this question like this. It definitely worries me uh, that we're accepting foreign money. I mean, I'm born and bred in Australia, and I'm I'm quite proud to be an Australian, and it does worry me that we're accepting foreign money. But on the other hand, you know, I think that you know, I think that we ought to keep it in Australia because unless we're going over to China to do something specifically, which 99 times out of 100, we don't. Uh, it, it definitely worries me that we're, we're taking foreign money and, and people are using it to their advantages. And sometimes people are taking that money that, that is way above the contribution rate, which worries me. So... <sighs> this show got heavy very quickly. Uh, no, and I'm not trying to brush this off as a joke. Like, I'm, I'm happy to have this serious conversation, and, and that's the beauty of this show. It can take all manner of different directions, but, you know, there, there, there are definitely conversations to be had in this, this essay from... Uh, where are we? Uh, Lachlan Harris and Andrew Clarton definitely unlocks some of that. Uh, they also mentioned uh, failures from the mainstream media... Uh, focusing too heavy on conflict and negative news. Uh, and false headlines. Woo! <laughs> false headlines. Gotta love them. False headlines. Alright. Uh, we're going to take a quick break there. I think that's, a, that's a definitely a good time to take a break. Uh, and we're going to move on. To supermarkets are dropping plastic bags. They will no longer offer single-use plastic bags for their customers. It's a long time coming, but they're moving forward the date as well. They're changing the date without telling you. We'll tell you what that new date is as we continue here on the Generic Live Show. Thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure as per always. We're doing it for Geek.io. We'll be right back. Join the your master of ceremonies, Dale Ken No, that's too formal. Ah, I got an idea. Join the guy who knows things about stuff. 
This is the Generic Live Show with the guy who knows things about stuff, Dale Campbell. Thanks for joining us here on a Tuesday. No, don't do that at all. Thanks for joining us here on a Tuesday with Dale Campbell. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for being patient uh, with me. Uh, we've had a great program. We've had great conversations uh, uh, this week. Thank you, everyone, uh, for contributing in that last segment. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure as per always. Uh, thank you, and thank you for f- for being patient with me while I didn't do a show in our regular time slot. It's uh, I was sick, and I had a migraine, and I wasn't up for doing a three-hour live stream on, on Monday. So thank you uh, for being patient, and thank you for letting me into your hearts in this regular uh in this irregular time slot although this time slot works uh pretty much all the time uh so you may have heard about this or you may not have heard about this depending on on whereabouts you live i mean i should start prefacing that should start prefacing that uh sentiment along uh, about every story but major supermarket retailers Coles and Woolworths one of which I work for, are eliminating plastic bags. We have more now uh, from Nine News. 90 days to go. 1st of July. The death of plastic bags. Yeah. I, I agree with it totally. I reckon it's a lot of BS. No matter where you shop, no matter where you go, um, all those single-use plastic bags will no longer be available. Those one-time shopping innovations, now an environmental curse. I understand that plastic and marine life don't mix. When they give up all the other packaging in plastic, I can understand it. Why just pick on these? And unless you're like this fellow, you'll soon need to pay and recycle. I've been saving them for 20, 30, 20, 25 years. Where, where have you got them? Well, that's a secret. If I tell you, everyone will find out. Some stores are bringing in the ban early. Among the first in the state, Coles Hope Island from April 30. Woolworths Noosa starts tomorrow, along with Woolworths Mossman. If retailers don't comply by July 1, the fine is more than $6,000. If you haven't already noticed, Coles, Woolies and Audi are stocking up. Something like this will set you back 15 cents. You then go up to $3 for a bag like this, and the top of the range is about $5 to $6. The most costly part will be remembering to bring them every time you go shopping. So there are certain um, bags that might clip onto your key ring so that you've always got them with you and you don't forget them. As always, the advice shop around because some of the new models are tougher than others. Sorry, by the way, who, who, what, who does that? Who, who ties reusable shopping bags to their keychains? Anyway. About two dollars. I just liked it. Isn't it, isn't it jolly? Why wouldn't you like that bag? (laughs) I had to go to about four stores to find it. Nash Wallace, Nine News. There you go. Uh, no, we're not playing another video, please. God, no, no, no. All right. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're, they're bringing it forward. Uh, they're, you have to be compulsory by July 1st, or otherwise you'll find you'll find yourself paying six grand uh, for that. But most Woolworths stores are bringing it forward to June 20th. So, 
I have them ready. Like have them ready by the end of April. Uh, you can pick up a generic live tote bag as well at uh, at generic live home right now. We're 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 bringing that in. Uh, that's a permanent item now. Uh, if you want to support the show, it's a little bit more expensive, but it it's it's big, and it's it's roomy, and it's in an all El Natural color and acts like more of a more of a cash bag than a shopping bag. Cash bag. Wow, Dale, you are such white trash sometimes. Cash, cash bag. Horace Rhino says there are some places in the US that have done a plastic bag ban, uh, and uh, the grandmother's town banned all plastic bags and styrofoam. Styrofoam's a good one. I can't give you styrofoam containers for takeout. A styrofoam ban would be very interesting, actually. Very interesting. Uh, as we continue here on the Jerk Live Show for a Tuesday, I nearly said Sunday, but it's not Sunday, it's Tuesday. Uh, we're going to head to hour two and we're going to talk, we're going to bring the show down another notch again. If you thought the show got serious before, we're going to be talking about uh, a man who caused major, major havoc in Sydney this last week by scaling the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Oops, sorry, before we take our break, we've got to get this comment in from Rubber Band Man. Good, good. More reason for baggers to smash your, gro- baggers to smash your groceries. <laughs> Who cares if your bread and eggs splatter all over the bottom? Saving the thought. Think of the fishes. That's a good point. Like the amount of times that, that, that my eggs have been broken for going into plastic bags. We have self-checkout. Just check yourself out and, and, and go. So there you go. Alright, as we continue here on the Jack Live Show, thanks for joining us. We'll be right back with more in Hour 2. Stay tuned. <laughs> 